Are you fun to live with? There is a question that will grab your attention. I repeat, are you fun to live with? I realize that life is not all fun and games. I realize that there are things that can make us uh, upset, if not downright angry. We feel that our rights have been violated or our feelings have been hurt. And I understand all of those things. But I think that we need to sometimes study the things that will make us uh, enjoyable to be around. Now, this is a biblical thought. These things that we'll be talking about uh, are uh, very biblical principles. You'll see what I'm talking about as the lesson unfolds. I believe that Christianity should reach right down to where we live, even when we let our hair down. Amen? I mean, really, what goes on behind the closed door? You know, seriously, we all have those sparky times. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. And I don't mean that, that there's never times of confrontation and the such. There, I think there's a place for that. However, in general, are you fun to live with. I want us all to just uh, relax. I want us to, th- first of all, realize that the Scripture does address this thought. And I've got Galatians 5, verses uh, 22 and 23, says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I suggest to you, those qualities and those traits will make anyone fun to live with and without which no one can be fun to live with. I want us to just relax And examine ourselves. I don't want you pointing fingers at someone else. I want each of us to just look at ourselves and to ask ourselves, am I fun to live with? This last week, and this is what really, um, my conscience was smitten greatly because I came home. I had to come home after a confrontation with my wife, and I left on not good terms. And I had been studying this, and I'm going, I feel like a hypocrite. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. This is Jimmy. This is, this is the Keys household. And I sat down on the couch. As soon as I walked down, I said, honey, we need to talk. I sat down on the couch, facing her easy chair, and with tears... I had to apologize to my wife. So I want you to understand, people, uh, this is not uh, saying, well, boy, Jimmy's got it all together. No, sir. I think all of us recognize there are some negative things we need to work on and we need to get better on the positives. And so I'm just simply telling you, we're laying it out tonight and I want to get us where we live tonight. Uh, This morning, I tried to challenge us in a positive way. 
And uh, really tonight, I'm going to start in the negative. I won't end there. We're going to get to the positive and we'll be there for the rest of the lesson. But first of all, there are some things that will not make us fun to live with. The first thing is selfishness. You're taking notes. Selfishness is defined as caring unduly or supremely for oneself. I think a question we need to ask ourselves is, do I have to always have my way or I'm going to make everybody miserable? Is that the way it is around your house? Loretta of the Lockhorns cartoon said, Leroy is a people pleaser, beginning with himself. (laughs) Is that the way you are? A people pleaser beginning with yourself. A selfish person is insensitive to other people. And that does not help anyone to be fun to live with. If you're not sensitive to the feelings and the desires of other people. uh, Tertullian said it well, and this may be a little bit harsh. Tertullian said, He who lives only to benefit himself confers on the world a benefit when he dies. Well, that's a little bit harsh, but are you just selfish? Are you just living to please yourself? I mean, a beatitude, the only beatitude the Apostle Paul ever uh, relates of Jesus, that Jesus said, is Acts 20 and verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. That's Jesus. And that's what will help this whole situation. Uh, Paul, in Philippians 2 and verse 4, says, Each of you should look not to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Galatians 6 and verse 2, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law. I suggest to you, until you master this problem of selfishness, you ain't going to be fun to live with. Number two, impatience. Is it true that all of your associates find that it's, uh, they have to be careful about what they say or maybe the things that they do? Maybe it's your loved ones or maybe it's your neighbors or, or your work colleagues. Uh, because there's just something, it seems like every day, there's something that just ruffle your feathers. Are you that kind of a person that you're easily upset? And when you, uh, when you get upset, you want to tell the people about it. I'm here to tell you, such a person is not fun to live with. And so here we have uh, the first two characteristics. I've got five on the negative, and then we're going to have seven on the positive. It's going to be a, a positive thing, but let's get the negative out of the way first. A curt, hateful tongue. Does it seem that you just are not kind as far as your speech is concerned? Uh, That even your tone of voice is gruff and and harsh? You've been around that kind of a person. Uh, Would you dare pray at the end of the day, Lord, treat me tomorrow the way I've treated others today. Would you dare to pray Such a prayer. There's two Proverbs that I think address this idea of speech. 
Proverbs 15 and verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, a harsh word stirs up anger. And then Proverbs 29 and verse 20, Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There's more hope for a fool than for him. And so this idea of speech, that, that's something that can affect your relationship. Next, a chronic complainer. Always griping about something. Either something is wrong with them or somebody has either done something wrong or they've not done something right. They're just going to complain about it. Well, let me tell you something. You can't be a good Christian and be sour all the time, much less be fun to live with. I mean, there are some people that they act like they were weaned as old brother Otis Webb out at Sylvia used to say. They act like they were weaned on a sour pickle. And, uh, you know, but is that fun to live with? Such are cynics. In fact, Henry Ward Beecher says, The cynic is one who never sees a good quality and never fails to see a bad one. Why can't we take a lesson from the honeybee who doesn't complain because there's so many poisonous flowers and, the, and there's thorns, but just passes over them gathers his nectar or his pollen and goes about his business. And I think that that's what we need to do. Uh, don't just point out all the things that are wrong uh, in a situation. Look for the positive. But anyway, I'm telling you the chronic complainer also is not fun to live with. And then, lastly, the holding of grudges. Holding grudge is hard on the grudge holder, but it's also hard on everybody around them. I tell you, it is. little girl was walking down a, a sidewalk one time, and a big, ferocious dog came barking up, and I mean, scared her. She was terrified. She just froze. And a man came and scolded the dog, and the dog stopped barking, and he says, Okay, come on, hon. Uh, you see, he stopped barking now. She looked suspiciously at the dog. She says, Yes, but he's still barking on the inside. Uh, let me just ask you, uh, is that is that is there a little bit of quarrel on the inside, and there's just that undertow? I'm here to tell you, if there is, you are not fun to live with. Now, that's the negative. Let's get positive. Some positive traits that will make us fun to live with: interest in other people. One main complaint of wives is about husbands is he won't listen to me or he won't talk. To me. Have you ever talked to someone and it became pretty apparent they really weren't listening? Isn't that fun? Uh, not. Seriously, I think that we need to cultivate, cultivate the, uh, an interest in another people enough to be able to let them talk. Do you have to dominate all of the, of the conversations? Let them express themselves too. And so let me suggest that interest in other people will go a long ways in helping us be fun to live with because that shows the other person that we care about them. We value them because we want them to be able to share with us. And so interest in other people. Secondly, patience. And you'll recognize this is the opposite of the impatience that we talked about earlier. It's been said that patience is the ability to idle your motor when you feel like stripping your gears. 
or the ability to count down when, before you blast off. I think that we need to be able to, to practice uh, patience. In fact, I would suggest this is probably the most important uh, aspect of being fun to live with, to be patient, to, be, uh, to, to uh, not be so reactionary. And I'm speaking that when it is really not my nature to be patient. I'm like the person that says, Lord, give me patience and give it to me right now. And that's the way I feel, and that is not my long suit. James 1, verses 2 and 3 says this, Dear brothers, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Then be happy, for when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. I suggest to you that patience is a virtue, and uh, virtues can only be developed as they are in the face of the temptation to be otherwise. For example, it's just like a, uh, sharpening a, a, uh, a knife. Uh, you have another object that you, uh, that you uh, use to sharpen that knife blade. And so it is. It is not easy, for example, uh, to develop purity. How do you develop purity if you're not also tempted to be impure? Well, patience is the same way. And you're tempted to be hasty and, uh, and short-tempered, and uh, that means that it's the natural thing is to not be patient. But I'm suggesting to you that when you are patient in a situation, that will go a long ways in helping you to be fun to live with. Thirdly, kindness. The old 1901 edition of the American Standard Version, that was the one that old brother Hugo McCord used at Oklahoma Christian. And uh, for the first 15 years of my ministry, I used the King James and the American Standard Version because uh, that was way a long time before the new American Standard and the new International Version and all of that. The uh, Proverbs 19, verse 22, the American Standard Version reads, That which makes a man desired is his kindness. What is kindness? Let's define it. Compassion. Friendliness. Tenderness. Charitableness. Courtesy. Don't you love to be around that kind of a person? Everyday common courtesies cost so little, and they mean so much. And we're talking now in the home, just be nice. Have you ever had anybody say, say to you, just be nice? Oh, I think that's what we're really talking about. Kindness ought to come naturally to a Christian. After all, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4 says that love is patient. And the very next phrase says, love is kind. Now, I want to share something with you. I, I deal a lot in Proverbs. I think that's probably become a little bit apparent with the sermon this morning and the sermon tonight. Something that I learned in studying for this lesson is found in Proverbs 31. 
That's the virtuous woman. If you would go in the American Standard Version to verse 26 and look at the footnote, I'm in Proverbs 31 and verse 26, you would find that the on the mouth of or in the mouth of the virtuous woman is this phrase, the law of kindness. It's there. Had you ever thought about kindness as being a law that could be on the tongue? Now, if you don't get anything else out of the lesson tonight, you take that one home, you underline that, and you put that in your life. Determine, I'm going to have on my tongue or in my mouth the law of kindness. How fun we would be to live with if we just dealt in sweetness. Uh, a phrase that was coined by in the, in the book, Try Giving Yourself Away by David Dunn, is the phrase warm fuzzies. You've probably heard of that before. Uh, there's another uh, book called Random Acts of Kindness. But I'm suggesting to you, shouldn't all of that start at home? In our home life, random acts of kindness, doing just nice things that will put a smile on your companion or, or maybe your, your parents' or your children's faces. Just being nice. I believe that that goes a long ways in being fun to live with. And then next, tell people you love them. I want to tell you a true story, and I'm going to read it. This is, the man is George Smith. And I want you to get what he has, what goes on here in George Smith's life. I locked the door of my office. Never had I felt so low as I did when I turned my back on the door of my broken dreams. I walked slowly to the parking lot, got into my car and headed for home. Oh God, that was all I had left. I stepped into the house. I expected to hear my wife call out, Is that you, dear? I heard nothing. I walked into the kitchen and found a note. Uh, I've gone shopping. Be home late. I sank into a chair, a crushed human being. Suddenly, the door opened. It was my little girl home from school. She put her lunch lunchbox on the table, spotted me and called, Daddy, how come you're home so early? I answered, well, honey, Daddy's changing jobs, but let's not talk about that now, okay? And my little daughter jumped on my lap, hugged me tight around the neck, pressed her soft, warm face against my face, and gave me the warmest, sweetest kiss, kiss saying, oh, Daddy, I love you so much. That did it. I cracked up. My lips quivered. She said, what's wrong, Daddy? I said, nothing, honey, nothing at all. There's absolutely nothing wrong. And I really meant it. In that moment, I discovered that what I had really wanted, suddenly my whole life unfolded before me. A young fellow who wanted to be great success in order to be recognized, in order to feel important, in order to be loved, in order to really respect myself. Well, I had what I wanted. It was here in my lap. I was loved and in loving 
and being loved, I found my sense of self-worth. I suggest to you, telling people verbally, I love you, and meaning it, goes a long ways in just being fun to live with. Years ago, I was introduced, Janet and I were involved in Marriage Encounter, and uh, I was introduced to the musical drama, The Man of La Mancha. And in that play, Don Quixote uh, saw a street wanton wince named Aldonza. And he took one look at her and saw the potential, and he announced, those of you who know the play, he announced that she was his lady, my lady. And he would change her name to Dulcinea. She would not be Aldonza. And she responded mockingly, laughing, saying she was just a, a kitchen uh, maid, a strumpet, nothing. And he insisted, you are my lady, you are Dulcinea. And with that, she, with flying wild hair and almost naked breast, she runs from the, the uh, stage while he calls after her, my lady, Dulcinea. Well, at the end of the play, Don Quixote is dying. And there comes to him a stranger. He feels he's failed, but here is now Aldonza Dulcinea, lovely in a new gentleness, confused. He doesn't recognize her until in a warm voice she tells him that she is his Dulcinea. She's been saved from self-hate and has been taught self-love, truly born again. I think that that, while it's just a play, is true that we can lift up one another, believing in one another, loving in spite of the negatives, seeing the potential, and bringing out the best in one another. And that makes us fun to live with. Next, I would suggest to you to practice forgiveness. That is a big one. And you recognize immediately that that's the opposite of grudge holding. And we have a wonderful example in Genesis 41 and verse 51. Joseph, you recall, his firstborn son, he named Manasseh, saying... God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. Well, he had a lot to forgive, if you remember. His brothers hated him, and they were mean to him, and they sold him into slavery. They didn't care about him at all. But then, of course, he had this forgiving spirit. And I suggest to you that there is freedom in forgiveness. It frees us up to be happy and to be fun to live with. Martin Luther, 500 years ago, made this statement, and I just found it recently. Let the wife make the husband glad to come home, and let him make her sorry 
He has to leave. I want to repeat that because I want you to get it. Martin Luther, the man of fame in the Reformation, 500 years ago, said this, Let the wife make the husband glad to come home and let him make her sorry to see him leave. When you have that situation, people, it's, it's, it's wonderful because there's peace and you are fun to live with. I would suggest to you a positive attitude. Try seeing the bright side of everything. Learn to smile. I, I believe that what sunshine is to flowers, smiles are to humanity. It's not the circumstances. Fanny J. Crosby has written probably more songs than any other single writer in our songbook. Did you know Fanny J. Crosby was blind? At the age of eight, she wrote this little poem. It's incredible. Eight. Oh, what a happy soul am I. Although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot and I won't. Wow. What an attitude. I suggest to you. Such an attitude will go a long way, just a positive attitude. There was a preacher in this small town who was known for being positive. He just put a positive spin to everything. Well, tornado came, and it did considerable damage. Took out some of the, of the businesses on Main Street, blew away some of the homes. In fact, some people had been killed. And the townspeople were wondering, what's old preach going to say about this? So they approached him. What do you say about that? And with a calm voice, he said, thank God, every day is not like today. (laughs) I think that's the attitude we need to have. And when we have that kind of an attitude, I believe that we will be fun to live with. I've saved the best to last. A good sense of humor. I touched on that this morning. A good sense of humor. Can you laugh at your own mistakes? And when someone else has messed up, can you keep it light at least, not make them feel worse than they already do? Now, I used Proverbs this morning. Proverbs 17, verse 22. I remind you of that. It says, A cheerful heart is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And then there's Proverbs 15:13 that I did not use this morning. A happy heart makes a face cheerful. And then Proverbs 15:15 15, 15, that I did use this morning, a cheerful heart has a continual feast. I told you that my wife has a, a uh, philosophy that she has uh, she introduced this to me early in, in life. Uh, in our life together, uh, come a week from tomorrow, we will celebrate 52 years together. And uh, <clears throat> I'm getting the hang of it a little bit now, but I, 
I'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes. But anyway, she says, if you can laugh at it, you can live with it. I think she's right. And I believe that a good sense of humor will go a long ways in helping us be fun to live with. Now, I hope that we have done a little bit of self-examining. Now, I don't think any of us is on top of all of those negative traits. And I don't think any of us has developed those positive traits as much as we need to. So, I think we need to at least do some self-examination. And hopefully the sermon has served to just help us visit these issues. And help us be uh, more what the Lord wants us to be. Doesn't the Lord want us to be happy and to be peaceful and all of those? Well, certainly He does. And all I've done today or tonight in the sermon is to help us to realize that we're all human. We all need help. We need to be reminded of these various things. Of course, uh, we need to be right with the Lord. And uh, I would not, uh, it would be very remiss in, uh, of me if I preached a sermon and did not offer an invitation that would allow people to make the changes that need to be made. It could be that I struck a raw nerve in something that I said that you, you say, I need to get things right. And if you need to respond to this invitation, don't let pride stand in your way. Uh, determine, I want to get things right. And sometimes a, a public confession is what you need, to, that gentle nudge that will help you to then say, I'm making some changes in my life. If you are in need of this invitation in any way, we would encourage you to come while together we stand.